Welcome to Kingdom Minded Podcast with Ray Munoz. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today with Brother Salo Kifle here with me. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Um, thanks for having me. Awesome. I didn't butcher it, right? I got it right that time? You got it right. You got it right. <laughs> right. Um, so we're so excited to have you uh, with us today on the podcast. Um, why don't you kind of give a little introduction to yourself. Uh, for those who may not have know Brother Kifle, he uh, worked on a podcast with Brother Prado on Bible studies. Um, and so that's kind of how I got introduced to him. Uh, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, yes, my name is Solo Kifle. I am an evangelist based out of um, the San Francisco Bay Area. I attend the East Bay Bible Fellowship when I'm home, uh, Pastor Ari Prado. And um, as you mentioned, um, a while ago, we did have a podcast that was dedicated to um, everything Bible study. And uh, we did that for several months and got a lot of good feedback and a lot of people um, interested in teaching Bible studies and wanting to know more. Uh, we don't do the podcast anymore, but occasionally um, people do tell us that they enjoyed it and that it, it helped them and encouraged them on their journey. And so hopefully I can provide some insight um, into uh, Bible studies. Yeah, awesome. It was it was really, I mean, for, for myself, speaking for myself, I think it was tremendously insightful for um, giving Bible studies. There were so many, like, practical things that you guys spoke about that was just like, wow, like I never thought about that. Um, you know, um, so I really enjoyed that podcast and I, I think I just wanted to tell you personally, just, I, I think it was tremendously, uh, useful for, for Bible studies. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We're, we're glad to just to be able to offer something to the people who were looking for that type of content. Yeah. Um, so before we kind of dive into um, our topic, which is obviously Bible studies, um, let's kind of just get to know you a little bit better. When you were younger, what was something that you were passionate about? Um, I guess that's a, uh, that's a, that's a, a lot of things. In fact, one of my, a lot of things I was passionate about, to be honest, mm -hmm. um, is it any specific topic or no, genre? No. I or mean, it could be anything. I mean, it doesn't even have to be spiritual. If you're passionate about, you know, fabulous coffee shops and, <laughs> you know, then, hey, that's all right. Yeah, it's tough to say because I, I was I was a tinkerer and um, when I was younger and I, I got my hands um, in, in a lot of things. And um, e even now, I'm I actually have trouble finding out <laughs> just what exactly you know, my hobby of the, of the month will be. But, um, if I, you know, um, I was, when I was younger, you know, I guess I was really passionate about, um, about cars. I was really into cars when I was younger. And that's something that, um, I pursued for quite some time and even went to school for and, um, worked in the industry a little bit, but, um, ultimately never really pursued it. But yeah, as a as a kid, that was something I was into. Mm -hmm. um, not so much anymore. 
Awesome, awesome. If if money was like no option, what would be your ideal car? Like, you know, I just want this. Um, well, if I have to answer, okay, um, uh, probably a 1971 D Tommaso Pantera. If you know what that is, then you know what it is. <laughs> uh, the rest of us are all googling it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it, yeah, it was it was a cool car, and um, I worked at a just out of high school. I, I worked at a hot rod mm-hmm. uh, parts house, and um, one of my older coworkers. Most of my coworkers were older. He came to work, and he had one, and I had never seen one, and it was just it was pretty cool. It was one of those things where you see something for the first time and you're like, okay, whatever that is, you don't know what it is. You're like that right there is cool. Mm. (laughs) So, so yeah, that was kind of, uh, yeah, I did that for several years. I, you know, I worked with all these hot rodders and it was fun. It was fun. And so, yeah, that was kind of my, my kind of passion as a younger uh, person. Awesome. That's pretty cool. I like to hear everybody's different little takes on this and, throughout this series we're going to be asking everybody so don't feel like you're the only one (laughs) that's cool um so let's talk bible studies um do you remember the first time you gave a bible study the first time so i'm gonna say no um i i can't remember the first time i gave a bible study um it's one of those things where I was always in and involved with Bible studies over the years. And I took for granted that I hadn't um, cherished those experiences as much as I should have and gleaned from them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. I think if you if you're born and raised in church, you could, you know, kind of maybe gloss over. And then at some point I realized, you know, it's like having a treasure buried in your backyard, mm-hmm. you know, um, you're like, wow, this has been so close and so accessible. And so I can't say there was a moment where I taught my first Bible study and, you know, uh, light shone from heaven. It is honestly, mm-hmm. it was just one of those things where I was always in and around and involved with Bible study teaching and then youth group and things like that. So I, I can't say that I remember the remember the first time I ever taught a Bible study. I couldn't be able to tell you. Wow, but that's that's pretty. I mean, I, that's really good. I think that you the fact that you're saying that like we kind of take that for granted. We don't really pay attention to it. Um, yeah, you know, if I think if healthy churches promote Bible studies on a on a weekly basis, um, right? You know, that's just the embodiment of a healthy church. It's, you know, we're right. giving Bible studies. Um, but I know a lot of people can be very weary of giving Bible studies or afraid of it in a way. I know for myself, I was, I was, I remember, I can, I can't remember who I gave my Bible study to, but I do remember my first Bible study because I, I asked somebody if they wanted to do a Bible study and they said yes. And I was like, oh man. And I was scrounging my room. I, I believe I was a teenager. I was scrounging my room and I don't know if you've seen these before. I was looking for my Bible study in a bag. Like, um, no, no, I can't say it's, I've seen it it's this like teenager version of a Bible study. It's probably three or four pages maybe. And I'm looking for it and it literally is Bible study in a bag. And my pastor had given me that Bible study 
And so I'm scrounging around looking for my room. And I, I remember I couldn't find it or something like that. So I had to like run down to the church and get material. Totally unprepared. Totally wasn't expecting the person to say, hey, yeah, I would like to do a Bible study. Um, but I remember that experience. And it was it was pretty scary in a way. Because I was like, man, what if I mess up? What if I, I say something? What if he has a question that I don't have an answer to? Um, yeah, yeah. What are, you, what are your kind of thoughts on helping someone um that wants to kind of dive into this so those feelings never go away and i know someone's gonna say oh my like you might think that you know oh me you know i was hoping it was just a beginner's thing (laughs) because what i've learned is as i've taught more bible studies and um and as god has opened the the door for me to meet new people is there's always going to be someone's situation that challenges you and you're going to have to rise to the occasion. And so, um, you know, someone once said to a young preacher, you know, um, are you nervous before he, he went up to preach? And he said, yeah. And the older preacher said, well, that's good because the day you're not is the day you should probably stop preaching. And so you never really, you never really do get over kind of that, the jitters of, you know, what's going to happen. Am I going to be asked a question that I just, you know, um, especially if it's someone, maybe you don't know their background and, you know, they might be a heavy hitter, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm teaching a Bible study right now and some of the questions and comments and observations that I just, in some cases I've, I've been like, Oh man, I just came out way out of left field. You know, someone is, is very well read. And, but still hungry, of course, and not necessarily in the combative nature, just um, you're always going to be challenged. So be ready in one sense to, yes, you can become comfortable with the lifestyle of, of being a Bible study teacher, but just embrace the fact that God is always going to put you in places where you, you will be stretched and, and you have to just be ready to just embrace that. Mm-hmm. So, um so yeah, don't, don't feel when you feel overwhelmed, just, just know that a part of that is by design, but you also will catch your own rhythm. You, you will become comfortable with being uncomfortable and letting people know, Hey, at this moment, I don't have an answer for you. Well, something we can talk about next time or um, yeah, but just being able to embrace the fact that you're going to be in uncomfortable situations and that's just part of teaching Bible studies. You know, Peter had to go to Cornelius's home in, in the book of Acts, chapter number 10, and he was uncomfortable. He was culturally uncomfortable with, you know, what was going on and the food that they ate and how they, you know, they were just, they were Gentiles. He was Jewish. And so sometimes you'll be put in situations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, learning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable um, is something that is a skill that you will develop as you teach Bible studies. And you just kind of have to throw yourself at it. So I, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, no, no, it does. I like the the point that you made uh, as far as let me get back to you. I think that's, yeah, I think that's yeah. like a huge thing for at least for me. I was like, well, what if they ask me about this and and I don't have a, a clue? Yeah, it's where important to, to understand that you're not on trial, right? So, mm. you know, you know, if you're a church kid, like like I am, and like many of us are you feel like you're being put on trial by this person. You're not being put on trial. There's no jury. There's no judge. And 
there's sure enough not an executioner. <laughs> so people are not people are not going to be upset with you if you admit to them that maybe something is something that you have to look into. And it, it's very rare that this even happens to begin with. Mm -hmm. But if anything, people will trust you more because, you know, you're not just going to fire from the hip and just hope that, you know, you didn't just butcher some scripture. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think people will actually trust you more. And, and, and also it's a great way. It's also a great way to let them know, Hey, you know what? That's kind of a heavy question. Let me talk to my pastor. You know, it's a great way to let them know that you have someone in your life um, that you defer to when you have questions. And it's actually a great, great way to show them that uh, to just show them how to be a saint, you know, be like, you know, what? I don't understand that. Let me talk to my to my to my pastor or, you know, um, and it's, it's a great way to show them a little bit of how things work, because this is maybe a bit of I'm getting ahead of myself here. But, you know, when you're teaching a Bible study, you're not just teaching that person the content of that Bible study. Mm. The, if they get saved, you're also teaching them how to teach a Bible study. Right, right. Right. And so at some point, whether they're aware of it or not, you're actually showing them what they should do should they be in a similar situation two years down the line, right? And, and they've developed, and now they're teaching Bible studies. And so that's the, that's the beautiful thing about Bible studies is it's like in Genesis. The Bible says, you know, a fruit uh, whose seed is in itself. And so the, when you teach a Bible study, the seed is within itself, right? The seed is within the Bible study. The, the, the medium itself is giving you um, all of the information to reproduce a Bible study teacher. And if, if someone goes through a Bible study course with you and they see how you act, they see that even you defer to your pastor or someone um, who's more well-versed in they'll, they'll, they'll get a, 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 you know, an idea for, okay, one day when they're saved, maybe they, they're not conscious of this in, in the moment, but yeah. like, you know, the seed is in there. Right. And so, um, also think of that think of that think of think of yourself as also modeling behavior that maybe you would want that person to do you know someone came to you and said hey brother Munoz I was in a bible study and I didn't have a question I didn't have an answer to somebody's question well you know you could give them you would tell them well find someone who knows so you can model that behavior to your student and um it, you're being effective right so mm -hmm. we, we we just tend to be insecure you know and feel like we're on trial but even in a situation like that and i think that's people's number one fear is the fear of number one being rejected and then the fear of um being put on the spot and not having an answer right. um and so there are times where the holy ghost will quicken you um you know and it's something that you could be able god will give you the grace and the wisdom to connect things that already exists within your heart and your mind and be able to just say it in a way that's concise and succinct and answers the question. Mm -hmm. um, or you'll have an opportunity to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to call my pastor and you should, you should come to church and hear my pastor preach. <laughs> yeah. You know? So um, yeah, you, 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 you learn to be flexible. You learn to, to not take everything um, personal and you learn to just kind of um, bounce back and keep things moving right right i i do i really like that analogy that you use this as as far as like 
you're not on trial. I, I think that is that is so accurate. Um, it's very yeah, it's very important to understand that that like mm -hmm. if someone has agreed, you know, to be in the Bible study, they're not there, you know, to <laughs> to make to belittle you. So yeah, mm -hmm. that definitely helps to to I, I wanna assure people that you're not on trial. It's yeah. very rare someone is gonna say yes to a Bible study just because they want, you know, to poke holes in, in your um in your knowledge base. Yeah. And I, I can speak from experience just because, you know, my background, I didn't grow up in church and, um, mm -hmm. and the church that I did have, which was very sporadic, there was no substance that I obtained from that. Yeah. So I felt like my knowledge of the word of God was very, very small. And so when I did feel I guess not even feel comfortable because I didn't feel comfortable. But when I got the courage to say, I'm going to try and teach a Bible to study to somebody, I was like, okay, like I got to, I got to start essentially lifting my weights with my word, you know, kind of trying yeah. to get built up here so I can at least hold my own here. Um, yeah. But, but definitely that feeling of feeling like they're going to pull coals at this and this is going to be questioned at all times. And, when I actually did it, I realized that's nothing like what it actually is. Yeah. And so I, I would encourage people, of course you want to be well studied, but if that's your number one fear or number two fear, like number one is fear of rejection. Number two is, you know, that whole concept of being on trial. It, that's, it's a bit of an irrational fear. It's very rare. You know, someone will, will, um, will put you on trial like that just because this it's just so rare it really is and yeah. so um yeah you know you're, you're absolutely right in that um that's a fear and it, it has to be confronted and dealt with yeah i think i've learned that people are genuinely like you said they're agreeing to this and they're just yes. they're really curious about wanting to know more you know? absolutely and i and i don't think that I think we had to kind of understand that we can't go wrong with leading someone to something that they're searching for or something that they're yeah. searching for. Yeah. If they're hungry, they're, they're hungry and you know, hungry people just don't complain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I you might, know, I might um, have a, I might feel like I have a top ramen Bible study, but <laughs> you know, when you're starving. And... Yeah. When you're, you know, when someone really just wants the word of God and they're looking for something different, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, whether you feel like you have enough experience or knowledge. When someone's hungry, they'll, they'll, every word that you give them, they're, they're going to hold on to it, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. And so once you see that and you feel someone else's hunger and their desire for the word of God and for Pentecost and for, for more um, of the doctrine, you just get addicted. And you can't stop. You just can't stop, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, they say there's no joy like a soul winner's joy. And once you can, all like I said, all of those other fears and things, they, they, they tend to exist on, on an ongoing basis and you confront them. But the reality is once you really get in the saddle and you know what it's like to just interact with hungry people, it just, all that stuff dissipates in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I want to check in and see what you think about this. Um, what do you feel has kept you 
passionate about Bible studies? I know that's kind of, it seems like it's, there's one answer for that, but um, what for your personal experience with this, what do you think has kept you passionate about Bible studies? Um, so I think that answer can be, there's a, I think there's a general kind of response and then there's a more unique response. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, um, I, I really believe that that is the great commission. You know, that is my, my, you know, my duty as given by my Lord and savior, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so Matthew 28, 19, we're, we're here to make disciples. We're here to baptize people. So, right. um, number one, my duty to the word of God and to, um, the kingdom of God on a more personal level. Um, I'm passionate about Bible studies, um, especially when I find new material. And so, um, I was instrumental in, in helping develop, uh, the learn scripture Bible study, at least in the, on the, um, design aspect, a little, a little bit of content and a little bit of editing, but mostly from the design aspect. And, um, I'm passionate about getting, um, physical Bible study charts back into the hands of young people. And, you know, there's plenty of good material at our disposal that we've used for years and years, but there's something, um, exciting about new material. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tended to not like digital material and using iPads and things of that nature. I, I, I really like a flip chart. I just feel like it's a really Pentecostal thing, an apostolic thing. Uh-huh. Um, I, I love flip charts because they do only one thing, They you know, and right. you can have the PDF file on your iPad, but, you know, your iPad can do a thousand other things you know your flip chart does one thing it 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 accompanies you to bible studies and it helps you teach people Mm -hmm. and so having a physical flip chart i think is a major psychological aspect um to developing the habit of um being a bible study teacher um because you see that object and because it's singular in purpose you just create strong bonds with with that item and when you see it, it just sets off a mental trigger. And if you let it collect dust, you know, yeah. it's going to convict you, you know, um, whereas a PDF can disappear in your, in your iPad. And, and um, I'm not totally anti-technology, but my point is, I think with something as important as teaching Bible studies and discipling people, um, we should have purpose-built uh, materials that do nothing else. And so I'm passionate about that. You know, I have, um, um, I have a couple of flip charts that I've used over the years and those things, those are my tools, you know, and, yeah. um, I'm, I'm passionate about the tools, um, and developing tools that will help people to also teach Bible studies. So that's kind of the thing that keeps me going is, um, refining my method and then maybe implementing that into the next set of tools that we might develop for Bible study teachers. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like, I like that a lot. Um, especially the, the kind of like your iPad and things can get lost in that really kind of, I think that's so dead on with 
anything. I, I mean, even your even you think about it, your Bible. If you have your Bible yeah. only on your yeah. phone, there is no physical thing staring at you saying, you know, pick me up, read me, yeah, you know. And we get. I think that technology. I, I agree with you. I think technology is is great, and there's a convenience of it of having that with you at all times. But it's kind of like saying, "Well, that's my backup," you know. Yeah. I'm trying to keep that. It's a way to prioritize. You know, it's a way to communicate to yourself, um, to God and to others around you, what you prioritize, you know? Mm -hmm. And so whatever takes, whatever manifests itself in, um, you know, it's, you know, things that manifest themselves in physical form and have no other purpose. They, they, it's, it's, you know, it's a statement of priority and, um, not knocking anybody who maybe uses digital, you know, um, things to maybe project Bible studies or iPads, nothing against that. But Mm -hmm. I do believe you're showing that much more commitment and, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe some people are not comfortable with this, but like when you pay for something, you really, you put skin in the game. And, you know, if you have Mm -hmm. to buy your own Bible study set and I know some people who, um, over the years, because I've gotten a reputation for having Bible study material, you know, people want to be Bible study teachers and they want me to give them stuff for free. Mm. And um, that's fine. But the things that I find myself most committed to are the things that I personally invested my time, my money, space on my bookshelf. You know, all those things, they mean something, you know. Yeah. And so um, you put skin in the game and you keep it, you keep it there. And um, I think it goes a long way when people see that as a Bible study teacher, you have tools that are specific for, you know, for that lifestyle. And they see the materials fresh and new and they see you're excited. It, it all, I think it all plays into um, developing that mindset and maintaining that mindset and then being effective, you know, because if you're not excited about your material and eventually it'll, it'll fizzle out. Right. And so, um, all of these little things, they add up and they, and they make you a more effective, more excited, more on fire. Um, and of course, staying prayed up, I, I would hope I wouldn't have to remind people of that, but, yeah. um, staying, you know, staying prayed up, you know, and just make sure you stay engaged with, with, um, with, with people who are lost and just, you know, be sensitive. Um, and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll have your ear to the ground and, and, and you'll know, um, you'll be more sensitive to who wants a Bible study and what God is telling you to do. And you'll follow the Holy ghost. And yeah. So those are just a few of the things that Mm. keep, keep me going. So with your, with your life, uh, I, you, you obviously have a family, you know, your ministry yes. and all these other things that I'm sure you're involved in. How do you balance this? And I, I was talking to uh, my bishop about this and he, we were, I was saying it's, I said, I feel like sometimes ministry is like my life is a table and I only have three legs and I'm trying to balance everything all at once. Um, exactly. You're right. Yes. So you have a finite amount of time. And so um, before I evangelized, I, I actually pastored for, for six years mm-hmm. in a, um, in a church plant type setting. And that's, uh, I've moved on from that and handed that off to another very, um, capable minister and he's continuing that work. Mm-hmm. And so 
Um, I'm in a position now where I'm not pastoring, but I'm still in, in full-time ministry. And this is something we discussed in great detail on the Bible study podcast um, some time ago. And if you are a saint in a local church, two Bible studies per week is, is max. You know, I, that's, that's the sweet spot. Um, in fact, to, to do more than that per week, um, you, you'd really, you'd really be taking away time from other important things. And I know that sounds counterintuitive to what we're all about. Bible studies, Bible studies, but we don't want people, we, we, the, the goal is to be effective. Right. Right. And so, um, being effective comes with limitations and, and if you're spread too thin, you won't be able to offer quality attention because when you're teaching someone a Bible study, you don't just teach that person the Bible study. Mm-hmm. What happens is all of the other things that a Christian can and should be doing, they, um, those demands are made of you. If that person you're teaching a Bible study needs a ride, guess who's, guess who's picking them up for church now? Yeah. <laughs> you are, mm-hmm. you know, if they're sick and in, in the hospital, guess who's going to the hospital that's right <laughs> you know yeah. you are and so you have to be ready for a bible study to to demand apostolic behavior from you you it's it's going to you're going to have to pick people up you're going to have to pray for people who are sick and a lot of times when we think of all of these things we think of different people right um you know jesus said he said you know uh, they said to jesus when did we see you sick or in hunger and and so we we hear that scripture and we tend to think of a myriad of people. And so we compartmentalize, right? That person needs to be fed. That person needs to be clothed. Well, sometimes it's one person who will demand all of that from you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so sometimes we go off and we feed this person and then we clothe that person. And it's like, you know, soup drive and then clothing drive. Well, in the, in the context of a Bible study, the most important thing, of course, is to give them the word of God, to give them Acts 238 message, to continue to disciple them in apostolic doctrine. Um, but then there's other things that, that come up. So, and then, you know, you, when they need fellowship, you're going to fellowship them. So, um, and you're being a friend to them as well. Yeah. So you don't want to be spread too thin. You'll become ineffective. You'll, um, if you have, if, and then if you have a family, you know, all of these things, and then your home church, your obligations to your home church are important. So um, now, if you're a young person and you're single and you have all the time in the world, God bless you, you know, and especially if you're a young preacher, man, knock yourself out if you feel like God is calling you. Um, But for for most people who have a full-time job, they have a family, they have home church obligations, um, think about it one Bible study per week and you sit down for an hour every week, you know, that's minus a few holidays, you know, that's 50 hours a year. And then all of the other times you might spend maybe picking them up or fellowshipping with them or taking them out to have tacos, uh-huh. all of that adds up. And, um, it, if you're not careful, you'll think that teaching Bible studies is, is about, um, you know, it's, you're, 
you're a sniper. You're not necessarily, you know, shooting a shotgun. And um, so you, you, you want to, if you find fruitful ground, right. And someone who's hungry, you want to, you want to foster that and you want to keep that going. And one person is plenty Two is max, you know, yeah. after full-time minister, those things are different. You know, mm-hmm. I had a full-time job at one point and I was pastoring and I managed to do, to teach six Bible studies a week all over the Bay area. And mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have been able to do it without a motorcycle. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I would get off work and I'd get on my motorcycle and I would, you know, I would, I would meet my wife at someone's house and we'd get there and she was coming from this direction. I was coming from that. And so we just, we made it work. So, um, so yes, don't, don't spread yourself too thin trying to teach too many. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to find one person who's hungry and teach them and um, just be, be apostolic you know, when they're sick, pray for them, you know, when they're, um, man, if they have other needs, do your best, you know, to just be available, let God use you in those other ways. But primarily, you know, you, you're preaching, you're preaching and teaching the gospel to that, to that person. And so, yeah, two is, man, think about it. If everyone who was capable of teaching a Bible study, you know, Mm -hmm. taught one to two Bible studies, man, that would be quite honestly, that would be you see an incredible revival, you know? Um, and so what happens is we get this kind of, um, we get this mentality where we want to just go out and, and maybe do something like over the top and, you know, pass out 50,000 flyers and that's fine. We, there's every, in theory, everything works, but um, you have to have something that that's long, steady, you know, paced, structured um and you just work that end of the equation as well so right you want to do everything you can do to for the furtherance of the gospel mm-hmm. um of course within 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 reason you know you don't want to compromise but um so yeah work work either end of, of the equation you know do the things that maybe produce um more more instantaneous results but you know bible study teaching is is the long game you yeah. know um, and so, yeah, do, do it all, do, be a Bible study teacher and, and pass out flyers and invite people. And someone might come to church that week and get the Holy ghost. And, but that, that can turn, that turns into a Bible study, you know? Right. Um, so I hope that, that the more, yeah, so the more du- direct answer is two is plenty. That that's what I've discovered, especially, you know, um, as I was pastoring people in our church, is something that came up and, you know, two is plenty, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but one as a minimum, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really important because it ends up becoming that relationship that you have is it's almost, you know, it's just, it is having a baby, you know? Yes. You have, it is. you have, you know, quadtuplets. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. really hard to give the attention, it, you know, precisely if you're just one person. Um, absolutely yeah and yeah that's it a lot of times you're it's just you god's put that burden on your heart to reach this person and so um yeah absolutely it's 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 a lot of responsibility Mm -hmm. yeah um 
So I want to dive into something now. It's it, it doesn't necessarily have to be about about Bible studies, um. But what are you currently passionate? I I wouldn't say currently passionate, but what is something that you're you're passionate about as far as with the kingdom? Like, what are you working on as far as like this is where my passion is right now? Um, I know things change, things shift, but. Um, you can say this is where I'm putting my pin at right now and focusing on. Um, yeah, great question. Um, it's in the same vein as Bible studies in that um, I, I have a burden for um, for publishing materials. And mm-hmm. so um, I have a small, um, I don't want to call it a company, but um, it's just a it's called Concretus Press, and we, our goal is to put Bible study tools, and I say Bible study in every sense, as in mm-hmm. teaching Bible studies and then also personal Bible study. And um, as I have time, I, I work on producing uh, different material that would help people just grow either personally or in their, um, um, in their endeavors to become a, a Bible study teacher. And so one of the things, the first things I did was um, put together, I don't need put it together, it was just more editing, and if anything, it was actually not putting together, but um, kind of uh, breaking down. Um, so I took the Bible and uh, KJV, of course, mm-hmm. and I broke them down into smaller books, and I printed them, um, small booklet size, and um, planning on doing more devotional type things where you have maybe material to read on one side of the page and then blank pages on the other Bible journaling type things, Bible study type things. So just simple things like that, that would help in in everyday, you know, devotion. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, I am working on a book. I have been for some time. Um, And uh, it's, it's still got a ways to go. You know, it's, it's difficult, right? Because you, you feel like the job is never done. Mm-hmm. But um, the the idea is pretty complete. And it's going to be the first in a series. So, but before I wrote a book, I, I what I really felt um, moved to do was just to provide the Bible in as many different um, physical formats as possible. And so I want to do smaller booklets. I want to, I, I want to make a study Bible, like a quite literally a study Bible. Like um, I have plans to do something um, where on one page I have maybe eight and a half by 11, you know, something really large and it will be spiral bound so it can lay perfectly flat and, um, you know, have on the left side the scriptures and then on the right side have a massive kind of like, thought bubble template um, where you could kind of read the page and then kind of illustrate your ideas on the other side. So there's with, with print on demand technology, you don't have to really come up with a whole lot of money and then print like, you know, 5,000 copies of a, of a book and do a massive print run. So we basically can go from, you know, from ideation to like printing in like, you know, depending on how complicated your idea is, like, you know, basically instantly, right? Yeah. So, and a lot of this stuff I already have 
um, kind of, you know, set up in my computer. So I can just kind of, at that point, you it's like playing Legos, you know, you're just kind of putting this here, putting that there, and you can press print. And in a few days, you can have something, you know, very unique, very special. Mm-hmm. So um, for the most part, um, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's not really a business. It's a bit of a passion project. And, you know, if it becomes something more than that, I'm, I'm open to it. But for the most part, um, this is just the things that I'm just passionate about, you know, Bible studies, teaching Bible studies, and then um, finding different ways to, um, to study in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of interconnected. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I hope that gives you a bit of an idea for what exactly we're doing. No. Yeah. I like that. I like the fact that it's just, you're, you're in a way thinking things that you're already doing and you're just trying to improve those. Yeah. yeah. None of this was really ever intentional, mm-hmm. you know? And so we just, I just kind of follow. Yeah. It's just, things happen and I, you know, we never really intended on making a Bible study. It was just something that happened organically. I didn't intend on, you know, pr- printing little um, booklets of individual Bible books. It's just something that happened organically. So um, that's, there's some things I, I am intentional about, but by and large, a, a lot of the things, it was just, we were passionate about something. We're excited. We had, you know, I had a good idea and then um, pitched it or bounced it off someone and, or someone else. And so, yeah, it's um, eventually I would, I would like to offer. Um, and I mentioned this, someone had me on a podcast recently and, and I was mentioning them that eventually I'm going to start offering some resources for people who would like to do this on their own. And if there's anything that I, that I like to inspire people to do is um, people who have projects of this nature and they want a printed product. And, you know, for me, I, I had a Mac and I, you know, Mac has pages. And I remember looking up how to format and how to lay certain things out. And I saw a lot of resources for Microsoft Word. And I was like, well, I don't have Microsoft Word in. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm apostolic, you know? <laughs> um, and I didn't, so a lot of the things weren't necessarily, you know, crazy difficult, but I did have to dig and figure out how to do them on my own, mm-hmm. you know, with the tools I had at my disposal. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not a typographer. I'm not a graphic design artist. I, these are things that I feel like are simple enough to if I could show someone who has an idea, like, look, if you're passionate about your idea, you know, you can, you can do this yourself. And um, there's, I've talked to a lot of pastors over the past um, couple of years, and many of them have desire to print things. And a lot of ministers, you know, they have things they want to get out and put them on paper or put them in um, a book. And if I can just inspire someone to do these things, a lot of times we feel like we don't have the tools or we don't have the time or we don't have the talent. Mm-hmm. And um, with just a little bit of guidance, you know, I think people can see something come to life and, you know, just knowing that, you know, your project or your, your passion can really manifest itself in a physical product, I think is a huge boost, you know, to the, um, to your hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, so, and it, plus it's knowing somebody that does it, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. that's even the bigger thing. It's like when you look at a website for some printing, you know, company, it's like, oh, this is too big for me to kind of jump into. Yeah. And, you know, and Christians have never left the job of the propagation of their message to other people. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's Christians are responsible for the invention of the book. Right. you know, in the printing press. And no one else was as passionate about anything to to do this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think by right and by legacy and by, um, you know, by virtue of, of who and what we are as Christians, I think we owe it to ourselves to, to take full ownership of the process of the things we want to publish. Yeah. And, you know, it, we feel like publishers confer some type of validation on authors and, and that should not be the case for Christians. Our message has to us, our message is valid enough that we need to get out there and make sure we have a ton of printed products. You know, before social media, this is all we had. Yeah. Uh, this right. is, this was the only way to disseminate information. Mm-hmm. And so you can re- you can even read about the Zeusa street revival. Um, there was a lot of, tracks and a lot of papers and publishing and yeah you couldn't you can't leave these things to to anyone else you know um and so that's 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 my soapbox and um, (laughs) i like to get on and just encourage people to man get out there and you know print stuff make documents and um make bring things to life you know and and just go for it and press print on your on your printer or your word processor and, and 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 do the things that god has put in your heart to do well this has been um i think this has been really insightful at least for me i, I can say that i'm just like this is a lot of great information that i can use in my in my life and um even in my ministry um so I just want to thank you for joining us today and sharing this. And I'm I'm praying that somebody's just going to get excited and just they're going to say, "Hey, I'm going to try it out today," or "I'm going to try it out." Absolutely. This week. Amen. I I yeah. I thank you for for having me on. Um, I'm glad I was able to encourage you and hopefully uh, someone else. Yeah, and that's I think that's the goal is to get somebody to you know say, "Hey, today's the day," and I'm going to try it out and. Um, you, you know, I can say from experience that from listening to your guys' podcast about Bible studies, it encouraged me to go out and say, you know, I want to make the ones that I have better and, you know, tactics I was using and things were from your guys' playbook. And it's all just really just sharing experience of just, Hey, I've done this and this is how this worked. And I found that this worked better and, you know, um, but thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Anything you want to leave us with today? Uh, you, number one, you're very welcome. Uh, and um, yeah, we're, you know, I, I'm not an expert. You know, I don't claim to be an expert, but I, I do think when when everyone's passionate about a certain subject, the insecurities kind of tend to fall away and then we can all contribute and um, hopefully all make each other better soul winners. So I hope to keep the conversation going in, in many different ways and uh, privately and publicly. And so God bless and thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you.